Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Hopefully you are getting through the week. Um, not burning yourselves out, making time for rest and pleasure and leisure. That's the mental health. It's the mental health part speaking. That's the mental health reminder, center mental health. Um, now, listen, uh, I want to talk tonight about a couple different uh, topics that I think are all paralleled and aligned, um, but I want to kind of front load so as to frame this. All of my topics are born out of what's going on in culture, what I'm seeing in my clinical practice, questions and topics that people are putting in our Loveline DMs and in my personal clinical DMs and emails I'm getting always tracking the trends of research that's being done, which is born out of all of those different things. And you know, the passion or the drive is seeing what my clients are struggling with or are oppressed by. And so sometimes I think listeners might not understand the um, emotional meaning or the severity of some of these topics because it might not apply directly to you. So I'm just kind of explaining that that's where these are all coming from. And this idea of productivity and laziness is one of those where I'm working with families that have been torn apart because the primary caregiver is never around, is never accessible, is never available. And so they're, you know, that primary caregiver is feeling distant and detached. That primary caregiver for the family financially doesn't know what hobbies are, doesn't know how to unwind or relaxed. They're stressed. As a result of all of that, they are, you know, they have a problematic relationship with drinking or drugs or their sexuality or shopping or gambling as a, as a faulty coping mechanism, keeping the problem in place but finding a way to still somehow squeeze out a little bit of joy or rest while again, allowing the problem to be in place. Family members missing out on having that primary support or caregiver present at their birthday parties or soccer games. Um, People having health issues like my father who died of a heart attack uh, from stress. And that's why I take this topic very seriously. We are working too much. We are stressing ourselves out. Um, it's why people get thrown off when I center mental health. Because again, for a lot of us, we never hear mental health prioritized at all, except for maybe when you're listening to the show. And so I really try to impress upon people how important it is. Um, I'm, I'm glad that people are leaving jobs. I'm glad that people are demanding healthcare and better pay. I'm glad that people aren't staying in toxic work environments. I'm hearing a lot of employers say things like, nobody wants to work anymore. And it's like, nobody wants to be oppressed or taken advantage of anymore, actually. And people are asserting themselves. So tonight's show is about, again, and I talk about this often, detaching our worth and our self-esteem and our, our definitions of success from working hard and productivity. I'm not saying don't work hard, but what I am saying is don't over-prioritize work to the detriment of your family, your mental health, and your goals. 
And so we're going to be really trying to challenge some of those norms and those ideals. Take notice, if nothing else, when you move through the rest of your day or the rest of the week at how we aren't good with downtime or free time. I think that's because we don't value it as a culture. And I think it's because we don't allow it. So there's not a familiarity. I was looking at a study, <clears throat> a very robust study, and it was saying, and I shared this on the show, probably, man, it could have been a year or two ago at this point, uh, about how children need to be doing more play and less work. And yet we get them into school as soon as possible and their entire day is structured. And then as they advance, their free time is stolen from them with things like homework. People have jobs where their bosses are reaching out over the weekend, asking for things, reaching out after work hours, wanting you know uh, something. We aren't given time to just play. And I wanna go back to the child study. It was saying that children should be just given unstructured free time to play. And it was looking at the value of that and what, what skills are built in that. It was also showing how children need four to six hours of play a day. That is what helps their brains grow. That is what helps them learn certain skills. That's also where creativity and innovation develops. That's where they also learn how to be with themselves and how to self-soothe a skill that is necessary, how to find hobbies and entertain themselves, how to not always be dependent upon productivity and work and a schedule to feel as though they are fully in their lives or making best use of their time. That's how young it begins. Think about our education. We are forced to go to school, sit up straight and still in a, in a classroom chair from early ages. And that's what we do the bulk of our week. <clears throat> it's not good. And then we become adults and we still don't know how to value mental health, pleasure, downtime and leisure. And we are not here just to work. Our purpose as humans is not labor, but that's what it's become. I was sharing also on the show about how a lot of people don't even know what their ethics are because they're always focusing on what are you going to do career-wise? Where do you want to go to school? What are you purchasing? And no one ever says, what is your life about? What's your mission statement? What are your ethics and values? Those are the things that actually matter, but we don't prioritize or center those things. That's why I say often at the end of the show, spend the rest of your night focusing on pleasure, self-care, leisure, and rest, because that might've been the only reminder you had of that. And when I put things like that on my social media, people are blown away and they reach out saying, oh my God, thank you for reminding me that. I've heard the opposite where I always think I have to be working hard and, and up at 5 a.m. and doing this by 10 a.m. and this by noon and everything's so scheduled because that's what we're trained to believe success looks like and excellence. Everyone's trying to optimize everything and the work is about the opposite, stepping outside of that. That is a fast track to a heart attack and depression and disconnection from yourself and the important things in the world. So um, we'll, we'll put a little pause with that one. We'll be back though, so stick around. More of that to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, so I was teasing the concept, a little teaser, of people not knowing how to deal with downtime. So over the next couple of days, over the next week, <laughs> pay attention to what people do when they have a free moment. I will pull to a stoplight, which is how long is that break at a stoplight? Minutes, if even. People pull up their phone immediately. I'm in line at a coffee shop. Downtime, free time. Guess what people do? pull out their phone immediately. This isn't a conversation about phones. It could be something else instead of phones, and, but focus on the uh, process, not the content that it's a phone. People are at the gym, you know, killing time between sets. Guess what they do? Pull out their phone. The point is not the phone. The point is, is that we need to fill that gap in with something. We don't know how to just sit with ourselves. We don't know how to just be in the moment. We don't know how to do nothing. We struggle to do nothing. We think our time is best accounted for when we are doing something. And what happens when we're afraid of doing nothing? We don't learn how to sit with our feelings. We don't want to learn how to be with ourselves, which is why meditation becomes so important for a lot of reasons. But one of them being for some of us, it's the only time we actually sit with ourselves and connect with, our, connect with ourselves because we wake up in the morning and we're distracted by what we need to do and getting you know our morning routine done. Then we get to work and we're distracted by work. Then we come home and we're distracted by whatever our nighttime routine is, going to the gym, seeing friends, going to a 12-step meeting, cooking dinner, preparing for the next day. And then we are on our phones with any scattered moment between. And then a lot of us were in front of the television. When are we just sitting doing nothing? When are we just sitting with ourselves? And if you noticed, all of those things I listed are labor, their activity. Those are all depleting. So one might also say, where was this person resting? Where were they getting anything restorative? Well, they weren't. And then we just crash into bed and those eight hours or less are supposed to be the only thing we do that's restful or restorative. That is not good enough. I hope I get back to this, but if not, I want to just drop it here that the studies show over and over that we can only do about three to four hours of sustained focused labor a day, period. 
They're trying to pass a new law in California where work days might be four days long. I'm here for that. People can't be working five days a week. We're so obsessed with this false construct of balance. It's all about balance. Give me an example where we have balance. I don't know anyone who works 40 hours and then takes 40 hours off. That's my number one prime example. We are the most imbalanced culture in the world. We do not have a balance between labor and energy and energy exertion with rest and restoration and leisure and pleasure. There is no balance. Please don't tell me a five-day work week and two days off is balance. It's not. Please don't tell me to work most of the year and take two days off for a vacation is a balance. It's not. Please don't tell me that caring for your job, your family, your physical health, errands, home responsibilities, and then squeezing in a TV show for an hour is balance. It's not. (laughs) So that's the biggest lie in the world is that we value that or it's all about that. No, it isn't. And please don't think that if you're working all week and then you're partying all weekend, that that is balanced because it's not. It's also more depletion and energy exertion. That is not about rest and restoration, which is about doing nothing or things that are more right brain, a bath, a walk, writing, painting, dancing, walking through nature. They're restorative. They're slow. They're thoughtful. You sit with yourself. There's nothing stimulating. There's no structure. There's nothing depleting. Energy is not needed. And that's why I tell people the gym is not self-care. It can be in some worlds, but for a lot of people, it's just more energy exertion, more labor, and more depletion. Yes, it has positive benefits, and I'm supportive of people moving their bodies. I'm not saying don't move your body, but I'm saying that can't be what you file under rest, leisure, self-care, restoration, because it's not. We are imbalanced, and I'm all about bringing back more balance, which is why I'm like, great, let's work four days a week and at least have three days off. That's better, but what are you going to be doing during those three days? So we're going to keep talking about this because I want people to start to ask themselves this. Again, I work with so many families where the caregiver, the primary financial, um, what's the word? There's a better word for that. Um, The provider. I I don't like a lot of those words, but that person is often never around, never seen. And it's to their detriment. And I work with them and they come into my office having worked all day, maybe going back to work, stressed out, tired, burnt out. There is no magic way to make that all make sense. The the, the, The answer is cut back. The answer is less. There is no way to keep doing that much and still be taking care of yourself and have your mental health intact. It doesn't work that way. There is no meditation doesn't make that easier. That's not even the purpose of meditation. We have misused what meditation is about. Number one, meditation is learning how to work with your mind and how to sit with whatever comes up. It is not a tool so you can be in the middle of a burnout life schedule. Yoga is the same thing. (laughs) That is not what that's for. And there's no pill in the world that will allow you. There's no diet or pill or green juice in the world that will allow you to still participate in that kind of life schedule and not have it negatively impact you. It doesn't work like that. And I've told a story over and over and over on the show where at one point, I, I'll tell it again, I went into a vitamin store with someone who works there that I that is very, very, very intelligent and knows their, their stuff. And I wanted a pill for my adrenal glands because I was burnt out and overworked and stressed. And he was like, it doesn't work like that. There's no pill that makes that lifestyle okay. He was like, dude, chill out, do life slow down and go take your bare feet and touch some earth and go to the beach. And that's what I needed. I needed the day off. And that's why I do segments on the show about how to really, really best have a day off or do self-care. And I'll do another one. I should be doing one a week because we don't hear it enough. And I think we really misunderstand it. So all that to say, track this, track this. What does balance mean for you in your life? Do you actually even have it? And, and, and again, I want you to have two columns when you're making this comparison, things that are, that involve labor, work, and energy, 
versus things that are restful, restorative, and fun. And how many things go in each column that you do generally, or how much time or how many days a week go in each column. And I'm pretty sure the rest and restorative one will have anywhere from zero to very few things. Because a lot of the things we think are hobbies and self-care and all that are actually things that are labor, energy exerting, make us more tired. And that doesn't then make it part of balance. Um, so <clears throat> when we come back, we're going to talk about the, the myth of laziness because we terrorize and oppress ourselves with that, as do others. And I want us to better understand that. So um, don't go anywhere. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we are back and uh, talking about laziness, busyness, balance, restoration. These are important concepts and more so as a result of what was going on with pandemic and things like that. Um, I want people to remember that busyness is not good for us. <laughs> there is a level that's necessary. We do need stimulation. We do need newness. We do need novelty. We do need participation. Um, to not participate in socialization with others and structure can lead to what would look like dissociation, psychosis, um, a life le lived in fantasy. So like we do want a participation in culture, community, the world. Um, I have talked extensively at different times on the show about how one of the key cornerstones of happiness and building a life that's rooted in happiness, one of them is career, which is participation in meaningful things consistently that utilize your signature strength where you walk away feeling like, feeling like you did something. So we do need that element. And I have worked with people where they don't have purpose and meaning in their life and they have no structure. And that's very depressing. And it leads to the misuse of a lot of things like drugs and alcohol because they're trying to find stimulation or pleasure or value somewhere and somehow. So I am an advocate of people being out in the world in some respect. Um, that's important. Uh, having said that the work, the goal isn't around the clock busyness. Um, that is deficient vitality. As they say, we don't want to spend our entire lives. As I said all the time, um, working on what's next, bigger, faster, shinier, uh, trying to optimize everything. Cause I work with those clients as well. And I'm always trying to back them off a little bit where they're like, I'm up at 5 AM and then I make my shake and then I do this and then I do that. And everything's accounted for. And I'm like, I feel stressed and tense, just and exhausted, just hearing about it. I'm not even doing it. What, what is this for? Well, for most people, it's cause they think they're performing adult. Um, they're performing success. That is not adulthood and that is not success, but that's the myth you've been fed. And so people play into that and they think, well, as long as I have the house and the watch and the wife and the car, I'm success. I'm an adult. And it's like, no, actually it's, 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 are you happy? Are you finding purpose and meaning in that? Does your life have joy? Are you doing things that are fun? That is what's mental health. That is what leads to happiness. That is a life well lived. And so I'm trying to back people off of that rigid structure, again, that we've internalized. We've internalized capitalism. Um, this idea that productivity is what demonstrates our adulthood, our adulthood or our worth. And I think during COVID, a lot of people realized the value of both sides of that. Some people didn't have enough stimulation and that was leading to some depression and misuse of some substances. And then there's some people that learned the opposite, that they were trying to push through, trying to still create too much and that burnt them out and also led to depression. Cause I worked with those people as well where they're like, Oh my God, I, I think this is the time that I should be writing my book, doing my one man show, coming up with new recipes, building a website, taking some classes. And it was like, Whoa, all of that was an attempt to make their ego feel secure. All that was an attempt to make them feel like they're doing a life well lived, but it's really about fun and joy and pleasure. 
not all of these other things. What's the point otherwise? That comes up even with eroticism, where I'll say to people, you're focusing so much on performing correctly, being a good partner, making the other person happy erotically, but like none of it sounds like you had any fun. And that's literally the purpose. Our, we are here on the planet for purpose and meaning and fun. We are not here just to produce mindlessly. It was really heartbreaking. I saw this wild documentary about uh, two different cultures, one of them being American, and a foreign company had come over to uh, set up their production plant here. And the president of that foreign company, and again, I'm not trying to compare American values versus um, non-American values. I'm just trying to look at distinctions. And the person didn't understand the need for rest, downtime, breaks, vacation. He literally said outright, we're here to work. That's what our purpose is as humans. And I was thinking, dear God in heaven, no. All of his workers were miserable. All of them were burnt out. There's a lot of accidents because we're not meant to focus for more than a few hours a day. The eight hour workday is not aligned with mental health or what's possible. That was arbitrarily made up based on other factors. And the fact that we have to have child labor laws tells us that we would love to overwork children as well, but we actually have to put safeguards in place. The fact that we are now happily unionizing is a sign that we'd be taken advantage of otherwise. The reason why we have eight hour work days and all these other benefits are because of worker rights and unionizing and things like that. Because otherwise, these systems would take advantage of us and we'd allow ourselves to be taken advantage of thinking that that means we're a good father, a good provider, a good worker, a good man, a good husband, a good adult. It's a mess. Um, so I want to, I want everyone to remind themselves that like, yes, we live in a capitalist culture and we have bills to pay and we might have certain dreams and goals, but keep asking yourself, am I having fun? Is there joy in my life? Is there rest? Is there meaning? Like, what am I really centering? What am I chasing in the clients who have these rigid schedules? I'm up at five and this and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? And who are you doing that for? But they need to do that to feel successful, like an adult and to have confidence. And that's not what our confidence or success should be rooted in. It's not about things. I remember also many, many years ago, had a fight with someone I was in a relationship with, with because they were talking about how successful their social circle was. And all that was being listed to reflect how successful they were is their cars and their job titles. And I thought, none of that has any meaning or value to me. I'm not impressed by any of that. Are they happy? Because that's success. If you're living a life where you're like, damn, I'm happy. Do they have joy? Where they're like, wow, that was really fun. Do they have time to do hobbies and other things that are important to them? Because to me, that's a life well lived and that's success. And that's what all the studies actually show. All right, coming up next, DMs. Don't go anywhere. Listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Someone says, hey, Dr. Chris, just started dating this woman. She's 28, has a five-year-old daughter, Thing is, she doesn't live with the daughter. Interesting. The daughter lives with her grandmom, my girl's mom. Okay, cool. Thank God she has her, you know? My girl has her own apartment downtown, and she says that she sees the daughter, but I don't know when, because over the past few weeks, all of her time has been spent with me and crashing at my place. Interesting. I don't know if it's too soon to ask, but I really want to know what the deal is. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. I'm kind of curious as well. But hey, who knows? 
Uh, especially considering I'm in a position where I want to be serious and settle down. Is it my business to ask? Heck yeah. I mean, I, I, that shouldn't be an offensive question. If you don't pose it offensively, and you don't mean it offensively. I think it's a very fair uh, curiosity to be like, hey, um, you spend a lot of time with me. I know she haven't seen your daughter. Like how often do you get to see her? Pose it in a non-accusatory way, which is really what I hope it is for you is not, and not an accusation or an implication that this person's a bad mom. I, I don't know what the deal is. Um, but I think as you're getting into a relationship with someone and you maybe see it moving towards getting really serious, it's reasonable to want to understand what role her daughter plays in her life because that's going to be brought into your life. Um, so I think that there's something completely okay about that. Uh, yeah. So, so ask, just ask non-accusatorily. Um, all right, we got a time for another one. This one says, Hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline. I know this is kind of silly question, but this new guy I'm seeing is obsessed with astrology. A lot of people that are in astrology tend to go all in and real deep with it. Back to your question. You said, I'm talking like he ran our compatibility before we had our first date. All right. You know, you work with the tools you got. And if I was into astrology, I'd probably be doing all that, but I don't know anything about it. It's just not something that's that interesting to me. Um, anyway. He said that he ran your compatibility before you even met and agreed because the reading was good or something like that. Yeah, see, there's the there's the flaw. I don't think these things are, um, what's the word I want to say? Uh, I think that there's, there's room for interpretation and I think that we're more than just these static traits. Uh, psychology tells us that we are contextual, situational, and relational, that who we are will change based on the person we're in a relationship with if we're healthy because we're playing off of them. It's co-created. And so every relationship I'm in, different parts of myself are brought forward and different parts of myself are suppressed as a result of who I'm with. If I'm with, if I'm with someone who's more uh, outgoing and joyful than I am, that's going to have one version of me versus someone who's maybe more quiet, another part might emerge. I'm different with my clients as I am with my friends, as I am with my mom, right? Like we're all these different parts and it's based on our mood, what's going on. So like, it's a little bigger than that. Anyway, back to your question. You said he seems like a good guy, but it seems like a little much. Am I reading too much into this? I don't know. It remains to be seen. That could have been all it took is, you know, he just needed to know that you're compatible astrologically and then he's all in. Um, I think you kind of got to, you got to kind of throw it back to him. I'd be honest about it. Like, Hey, I'm not into astrology. You are, you told me you had to run our compatibility before you went on a date with me. How else in the future might you apply astrology to our relationship? You know what I mean? I think it's a very honest thing to ask. Like, how much does that matter? Is it enough to know we're compatible? Is there more to come with that? Maybe you'll have something really interesting and reasonable. You know, some people use astrology to better understand what their work might be or or what a partner might expect, and it becomes an enhancement and a positive tool. But sure, anything can be used against us and weaponized and misused. So I think it's very fair for you to say in what role, in what other ways does astrology show up? But more importantly, if you think they're great, hang in there and deal with it. See, it, it could just, it's like dating someone who's into sports. Like that could be something that's obnoxious and gets in the way, or it could be just be something that you get brought into. And it's an interesting thing that you learn about. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It really depends on their relationship to it and how they use it. So I wouldn't see that as a deal breaker. If anything, it's a red flag, which means you want to get more information and track it. But I don't even think it's a red flag. Um, it's like when people, someone wanted to date me and they're afraid I'm going to misapply psychology. Psychology doesn't really work like that. It's not mind control. Um, and you know, I wouldn't want someone to make those assumptions cause I'm a person first. So I think that this is a little bit of a parallel process. So anyway, let me know how it goes. All right, y'all, uh, coming up next, uh, 
DMs first. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Level Energy page, questions, topics. We are channelq.com. That's where you want to go to check out past episodes, but we got more to come. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And uh, I'm just looking out for everyone's mental health. I have enough access to two decades of working with hundreds of hundreds upon thousands of clients, traveling the world, lecturing, uh, writing books, doing media, getting client you know tweets, DMs, and emails about questions to really understand what we need. And we need to focus more on our mental health. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. And we deprioritize it to the detriment of... Uh, uh, purpose and meaning to the detriment of our mental and physical functioning to the detriment of our participation in important things to us. But we don't even know because we think we're doing it right. And I've had people say that I did this, I did that. I, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm not happy. And I'm like, yeah, because you've been given the wrong roadmap. You've been given the wrong plans. You've been given, you've been given the wrong, um, uh, what do you call it? An architect works off of what you've been given the wrong tools, the wrong vision, the wrong plan. So what you're building is going in the wrong direction. Um, cause again, hear me say this, like part of what the studies show gives us happiness. And I would actually say, I think some of this is because of what it provides, but I think some of it's also because it's having us participate in what we believe we should, but that's a whole nother thought. Um, we do want to participate meaningfully in the world. There is something valuable in that, but I think we do that to the detriment of what else we need to be doing. And I've seen that in my own family. I lost my father to a heart attack due to stress. That was my commitment when that happened not that long ago for me to never become that person. And that's why I say on the show as a way to inspire you all, I won't do things that don't sound fun to me anymore. I won't just take on labor of any kind um, because of the money or because I think I should or because it's the next step if it doesn't sound fun or joyous to me because I will prioritize that in my life. I don't want my life to be spent miserable or depressed or overloaded burnout to a point of a random heart attack like my father and a lot of other people. Um, stress is really a, a, a far too familiar part of a lot of our lives. Um, and when I hear things like talking about wasting time or laziness, a lot of the reason why we're not motivated to do what we want to be doing is because A, we don't really want to be doing that and don't value it. And of course we don't have motivation to do things we don't want or don't value, or because we're tired. I know when I work with clients and we're talking about their dwindling or disappointing sex life, that's part of it where I'll say to them, well, wait a second. So you get up early, go to work all day, deal with all the other life events that are sprinkled throughout that work day, come home, cook dinner, shower, go to the gym, pay bills, like whatever else you have to do. And then at the very end of the day, you think you're gonna have interest or energy left to connect with your partner and work on any level of intimacy? Of course not. That's also why at the end of the day, it's hardest for us to hold boundaries with whatever it is we're trying to hold boundary around, going to bed on time, not watching certain things, um, not eating things before bed or whatever it is because we're tired and it requires energy for us to have boundaries, for us to hold ourselves accountable, for us to focus on goals. We should be, we need to do those things at the beginning of the day. <clears throat> but my point is the way we run our days, the things that are most meaningful to us get squeezed in at the end with leftover energy. And that's why some people don't want to do much on the weekends. They're tired. That's when they need rest restoration and to sleep in. But we can't just keep throwing crumbs of leftover sloppy energy to the things that are important to us. The, the disability movement has given us a beautiful concept called spoons, where all of us wake up 
based on a multitude of factors, uh, lifestyle, abilities versus disabilities, our mental health, medications. All of us wake up every day with a different number of spoons. And spoons essentially are supposed to symbolize units of energy that we have for that day. Some people, God bless them, genetically lifestyle because they have financial support and can have you know a nanny and a personal trainer and a chef, whatever. Some people wake up, uh, maybe they're a white cis hetero person in our culture, so they're not dealing with the trauma of being gay or trans or black. Like, you know, it's also very intersectional and race, race is in there in class. Point being, they might wake up with 15 spoons a day, 15 units of energy, so they can get through work, a workout, childcare, whatever. Other people, due to their disability, mental health, lack of support, being a single parent, being black in our racist culture, gay in our homophobic culture, because I'm still hearing people say they won't date bi guys, oh my God, they might wake up with five spoons. We do not all wake up with the same amount of energy. We don't all have the same amount of energy. I always say on the show, you can't have the same expectations on everyone. It's not about equality, it's about equity. What is this person needing? Who are they? How many spoons do they have? How much energy do they actually carry? It's different. Some people have chronic fatigue, et cetera, et cetera, depression, whatever. So we have to then decide of all the things we have to do today, how do I distribute this energy? I might have to pass on doing some things. I might have to give up on some things. Some things might not be done as efficiently as, as otherwise because I don't have 15 spoons, I only have three. And getting my kid to school takes two and I have one left and I have to decide between laundry or cooking because of my exhaustion, because of my disability, because of my mental health issues, because of whatever else is going on. So we then think that after we've given out all of our spoons all day long, that we're magically going to be able to just find more, which is not possible. Yoga ain't going to give you more. Meditation's not going to give you more, nor are they supposed to. And medication's not going to give you more. And the important parts of our lives are squeezed in at the end with whatever's left over. That is not balance. That is not mental health. All right. When we come back next, we're going to keep talking about how to rebalance our lives and reorient those priorities. Got a DM for us. Drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page because we'll be closing out the show with another one of those. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Stick around. All right. We're back talking about balance, talking about energy, talking about laziness, talking about productivity, talking about trying to better understand and reorient around that. Not everything is possible. We can't always have three options. Sometimes there's only two stay and things remain the way they are or shift and make changes and things improve. But we don't always have a third option. That means stay and get the change and the improvement. Sometimes we have to make complete reorientations. I'll give you my favorite example. For those that are longtime listeners, you might've heard this before. I've worked with some people that will say, hey, Dr. Chris, so um, my marriage is in trouble. You know, uh, my wife, uh, never, I'm never around. Uh, you know, she says I'm always working. And uh, my kids, God bless them, never get to their basketball game or to their birthday parties because, yep, you guessed it, I'm working. And then by the time I get home at night or the weekends, I'm tired, so I'm cranky, so I'm a little irritable. And man, I'm drinking too much because that's the only time I really get a break. And uh, yeah, so basically I want to still continue to commute two hours to the office, work an eight to 10 or 12 hour day, commute two hours back and still have energy and vitality and love my life and be a part of my family. And I say to them, that is not possible. There's no magic trick. There's no therapy. There's no pill that will make all that make sense. Not yoga, not meditation, none of it. You don't have two, you don't have three options. We are either going to stay in your life as it's currently structured and mourn the loss of being a part of it and being happy, or we're going to change your work schedule, leave your job, maybe push back and set some boundaries, reprioritize your family, reprioritize your mental health, but you can't have both. And sometimes people want both. They're like, I want to do nothing different, but I want to feel better. 
And that's what comes into therapy sometimes. I don't want to do any work between sessions. I don't want to read anything, think about anything, work on anything. I don't even really want to be that active in session, but I want things to be different. It doesn't work that way. It's like going to the gym and being like, I'm just going to sit here on the ground and hope that my mere presence in this room means that I'm now stronger, healthier, have better bone density, more flexibility. It doesn't work like that. You have to actually consistently go and actually break a sweat. And therapy and our lives are the same way. You can't say, I want change, but I need to also stay comfortable and do nothing difficult and do nothing different. And that's the hardest part of all this. We can't have everything. That's the biggest lie in the world. You can't have everything and you can't have everything you want. Not everyone can make the, the baseball team no matter how hard you try or want it. Not everyone can be class president, only one person. Not everyone can be president or win the Olympics. You actually can't have most of the things you want. We have to be realistic. And you have to decide what's most important to you and then go with God with whatever that is. And if you say work, work, work and money, 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 God bless. Good luck. Cause we know that that'll lead to depression and burnout. And you have to decide what means more and what changes you can make and what kind of change and discomfort you can tolerate in service of that. But we want to challenge these words like laziness. You're not lazy. You're tired or burnout. You're not being lazy. That restful leisure time is time well spent. Sleeping in is not lazy. It's time well spent. When someone says they slept in, we have to start saying, awesome. I'm glad you took that time for yourself. Someone says, I spent all day on Sunday on the couch, napping, watching television. I want people to say, beautiful, well done. You're prioritizing the right things as opposed to saying that's lazy or people defending it. Like, well, I worked really hard or late last night, so I'm allowed to do this. You don't have to earn rest. It's like people thinking you have to earn food. Oh, I ate that donut, so I have to do more cardio. No, that is disordered eating, that is toxic thinking, and that is thinking you have to earn the right to eat food. It also is saying you have to earn the right to have joy in your life. I want us to prioritize joy. You don't have to earn sleeping in. You don't have to earn canceling plans. You don't have to earn staying on the couch all day. That is rest. That's restoration. When people come in wanting more motivation for productivity, I'm like, do you even really value the things you're moving towards? Can you fit more of that even into your life? There is no such thing as wasting time. There is no such thing as laziness. It's called restoration. It's called healing. It's called mental health. It's called self-care. We need more of it. We need to prioritize and pat people more on the back for it. That is a basic need. When you are feeling lazy, when you are feeling tired, when you are feeling unfocused, don't shame yourself. Don't drink more coffee or a Red Bull. Go rest. If you can't focus at work, you're feeling lazy, you're tired, you need rest, your body and your brain. We need to stop pushing through. Don't go do yoga, rest. Don't go meditate, rest. Don't go get coffee, rest. Leave early, take a nap, flip around on your phone. That is not stealing time. That's called mental health and rest. Like I said, we, sh we can only really be pulling off three to four hours of focused work a day. We're not meant to spend all day working. These eight hour work days are ridiculous, five days a week. I'm glad California is pushing for a four day work week. That's how it should be. Yeah, more of that. I will always say that I'm anti-capitalist because I'm pro mental health. You can't be both. You can't be pro capitalism, pro materialism, pro productivity, and also pro mental health. They are opposites and they contradict each other and you can't have both. And that's frustrating to some people. The message or my message, but I don't care. This is, this is reality. This is what all the studies show. Go fight science. I'm, I don't make the rules. You know, I'm just reporting on what all the studies show all the time. We need to build what, what people call wasted time or downtime. We need more downtime because that's where what happens. It's emotional space for healing. 
for rest, for fun, for pleasure, to socialize, to create, to innovate. Some of the artists I work with, they're like, I'm struggling, you know, I'm having writer's block. And I'm like, no, you don't have enough downtime for innovation and creativity to emerge. You can't be go, 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 and then sit down and think you're going to create music, dance, art. doesn't work like that. You need that in-between liminal space that most people call laziness, downtime. That's that space around which creativity and innovation emerges. Innovation doesn't come from being burnout or over-focused or overworked. Never, ever does. I know what I need. I go see art when I need rest, restoration, or inspiration. That's where innovation comes from. I translate it over. I'm not, I'm not looking at paintings to paint. I'm looking at paintings to be reminded of what's important, to be reminded to think outside the box, to be reminded to think innovatively all the time. But, oh, okay, we'll come back and talk about it. So when we come back, we're gonna finish this off and they'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline and G page. That's questions you got, topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back and drop deeper into. Love hearing from y'all and past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen and share because it's all about that repetition and that practice, the quality of your practice is the quality of your life. You can't just listen or sit in therapy and then go back and do nothing different. Listen to the show and then apply it. Bam, quality of life improves. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back and we're just finishing off our discussion about um, how we are burning ourselves out, depleting ourselves, losing joy and fun in our lives, missing out on participation with friends and family and hobbies because we really think that it's all about just work, 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 work. And it's like, it doesn't really give you much in the end and how we need to stop traumatizing, making ourselves miserable, uh, misuse of drugs and alcohol, all because we're ignoring our body's signals. Tired means rest. Distracted, can't focus means you need rest. It means you're burnt out. But instead we push through. We drink more. Caffeine, all sorts of stuff. We have to start listening to our bodies. We're a very body negative culture. I see it all the time. And again, I mean this in a very neutral way, but we're always being forced into a different shape. In school, sit up straight and don't move. That's body negative. In class, people are coming over and tweaking our bodies. We're at the gym, you're trying to do correct form. I'm not saying that's not an important thing. My point is, it's just this process of always, we have, you know, if we're on the subway, we were trying to stand up straight and not move. Um, we, we never just honor what our body's asking for. When I teach, I always say, please take care of yourselves. If you can't sit in the seat anymore, go for a walk and listen to me as you, as you walk the room. Come sit on the floor against the wall. Please don't force your body and dishonor your body's signals and allow discomfort in service of performing whatever it is you think you're performing. Good student, good adult. Um, I don't know what it is we're, we're trying to communicate by ignoring our body's signals and drinking more caffeine to stay awake and sitting in uncomfortable chairs. Move your body, move your chair, sit on the floor, lay on the floor. If you need a break, go for a walk outside, walk around the room. We need more of that listening to what it is we need, taking naps when we're tired, canceling plans when we need a day to ourselves, really looking at true balance. How much am I working? How much am I taking downtime? So I gave you that assignment, two columns. What, how much time or how many days a week am I focused on things that are depleting, take energy or are rooted in some form of labor versus how many hours a day or how many days a week am I focusing on things that are just about restoration, rest, fun, leisure, and pleasure. 
And things that you might think fall in the second box often fall in the first box. For a lot of people, like I said, the gym is the first box. It's more labor and it's more energy depletion. It is not restorative. But for some, they might say, but it's pleasure and joy. Okay, well, then maybe you put that in the second box. It's really up to you. But I just want you to have an honest look at whether or not you have balance and where all of your time and attention and energy is going. And then you have to look at it and say, am I okay about what I'm learning? Some people, they'll just move forward with it. Cool, good luck. Other people, they're like, that's not acceptable. I have to make some changes. I have to prioritize my mental health and other things that are important to me. It's all on you. You have to live the life you lead. I can only share some of this, but we need to start. You know, I did a whole segment, a whole show um, last week on people pleasing. Go back and listen to that. We are channelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line, and click on it. It'll be tagged and talking about setting boundaries with everyone, learning to say no to things, learning to change your mind about things, still being dependable and tr- worthy of trust, but allowed to change your mind. It's not working anymore. Rough week not ignoring your body's needs, rest, recovery, contentment. I could go on and on and on and on, but I want to keep it very topical so that it's very clear. Um, but again, we, we really on, we really dishonor our body's warnings. We push through the pain. We don't focus on our comfort. And for some of us, sleep is the only restorative thing we have. That's heartbreaking to me. And we judge others for it. Really listen to your own self-talk. Are you judging and shaming yourself? Are you judging and shaming others? Or are you part of creating a culture with your friends, your family members, your colleagues, other students, where you're honoring rest and downtime? Don't keep pushing yourself and pushing others into that burnout zone. I want us to really, really, really center people's needs and mental health, which is again why we have to look at like what is possible for me or this person based on the context of our life and all these other factors. We can't have the same expectations on us that we have on others. It can't be where your brother did it. Your brother got all A's and was captain of the football team. Great. He had more energy, different genetics in some ways, different social supports, different mental health, different physical abilities. That's him. Don't try to keep up with people anymore. Don't try to keep up with the other students, your other colleagues, family members, partner. You are different. And I'd rather you be the one that starts to say, hey, I'm actually going to back off and do less. I say that all the time. 70% max. We're not doing 100% anymore. That's burnout zone. That's overdoing it. That's too taxing. We're, we're dropping the bar on everything. We're doing a little bit less. Um, building in more of that care. Um, stepping out of this chronic, always having multiple balls in the air never focused, always tired. And then thinking these pills, these vitamins, these technologies like yoga and meditation and all these things are going to somehow make us able to do it all. That's actually not what good therapy or, or meditation would be about. It'd be actually your good yoga, it'd be the opposite, learning the importance of restoration, learning the importance of rest, learning the importance of listening to your body signals. That's It would take you away from all of that, not towards. Sit with that, struggle with that challenge yourself with that. You'll be better for it. Coming up next, going to be doing some DMs. You got a DM for us, dropping the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions you got, always anonymous, always confidential, whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be too. So uh, dropping gems on you, dropping it on them as well. And if there's a topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put them in the DMs as well on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show, as I said, is always over at wearechannelq.com. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we are back and now it's time to slide into those dms sliding into the dms this one says hey dr chris i'm in a bit of a tough situation i've been dating my boyfriend for six months he made it very clear at the beginning that he was looking for a long-term partner, someone to marry. Okay. Things moved real quick. He asked me to be his girlfriend two months into talking and dating. Fast forward, our honeymoon phase does not feel like a honeymoon phase. <laughs> He's very busy with work. Said he doesn't like texting. The tension and excitement definitely has died down. We're also having issues with intimacy. See, so that's my point that I've made in the past. We should date for a while to see if we're compatible. If let me say it different, sorry, we should date for a while to see if we have enough chemistry and compatibility to, to, to have a relationship. But some people jump right into the relationship, having not dated, which is when we explore if we should have a relationship. Dating should take time more than two months because two months isn't enough time to go through different things with each other to really see if we're compatibility. If we're compatible, I don't know why I keep saying it like that. If the compatibility is there and if we have chemistry. You would have learned earlier on that you want more closeness and intimacy than he's able to provide because he doesn't like texting. And you might have said, it's okay if you don't like texting, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway because I'd like more closeness and connection. We, It's okay to do things we don't like to do, but this dude seems like he wants it his way on his terms, which is what some people think relationships are. My life won't get disrupted. I want to just drop you in as it is and not have to make it different. Well, then you're not in a relationship. You are only in a true relationship if you've been disrupted. Relationships have to be allowed to disrupt us. It can't be business as usual. Nothing changes. 
So these are red flags, which means they might be deal breakers. We have to give them more time, or maybe you've given enough time. Let's see what the rest of your question says. You said he hasn't given me much reassurance. He left his phone and laptop unlocked for me to help him with something while he was showering. Oh, see, here we go. <laughs> All right. So he left his phone and his laptop unlocked for you while he was showering. So we already know where this is going. You said, I know this is not right on my end, <laughs> but I checked his DMs and saw he has messages with a few other girls. Now that I've seen his messages, I can't unsee them. I know if you're going to be, if you're going to check, you better be prepared to own that you checked because if you find information, you're going to have to sit with it quietly. Oh, good luck. Back to your question. You said, I don't know how I should bring this up to him. We've been doing all the right things to progress our relationship. No, you're not doing all the right things. Clearly, the right things aren't happening if you felt the need to go through their phone. Remember, we're only dating people that are worthy of our trust. And if they're worthy of our trust, then we practice trusting by not going through their stuff. And if you're going through their stuff, it's either you have to work on trusting and having boundaries, or you have to call out what is ever going on in the relationship, which is making you feel like you want to go through their stuff. Because you can't always be finding out information by going through stuff. You have to create a relationship where you can talk about concerns. So your question was, how do I bring it up? By bringing it up. There is, whatever someone says, how do I? The answer is by doing it. I think what you really mean is how do I do it without being vulnerable or anxious? You can't. You did something bad. You found out information that's triggering and you're going to have to just own it. So how do you bring it up? By bringing it up. Hey, I went through your stuff. So you say to him, clearly we have an issue because either I'm not practicing trust or you're not making me feel like I can trust you. And that's why I looked. I shouldn't have looked, but so as to prevent me from feeling like I should do that again, let's talk about what's going on in the relationship. The issue isn't the DMs. The issue is why are you doing that? Why am I looking? So you got to talk. You got to tell him, I need text messages and reassurance. I need you to be monogamous if we've committed to that or tell me you don't want to. And I have to practice trusting. So you got to just bring it up vulnerably. And how he handles, manages, and responds to this should actually determine whether or not y'all stay together. He should very calmly say, let's talk about this. And should be reassuring and open to talking and repair. Anything out, outside of that is a huge red flag. Track it. Maybe even turns into an actual deal breaker. I don't know. But... Y'all got a lot of work to do. Um, there's something for us to all learn in that story. So uh, everyone, please take that to heart. All right, y'all, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page, questions, topics, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff. Check out some of the other shows while you're there. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow night. So um, join us then. But until then, focus on tens, tons of rest, pleasure, leisure, downtime, all that good stuff. Um, thanks for hanging out, though. As always, thanks for hanging out with me. Y'all enjoy the rest of your night. All right. Good night, y'all. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can 
put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.